So the title of this teaching today is, it is finished. Let's look at, oh, sorry, Pastor, I haven't sent you the thing. Let me just send it to you now. I'm so sorry. Just remember now. Uh, sorry, give me a second, everybody, so that she can follow too. I just didn't, I didn't send it to her. But in the meantime, Pastor, can you pull up um, second, uh, John 19, 28 to 30. Why I try and send you this. Sorry, I'm really sorry. It's late yesterday. I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't send it to you. So, John, could we look at it from New Life Version, please? So, it says, Jesus knew that everything was now finished. Everything happened as the Holy Writings said it would happen. He said, I am thirsty. There was a jar of food, the jar full of sour wine near. He says, they filled a sponge and put it in, put it on a stick and put it in his mouth. Jesus took the sour wine and said, it is finished. He put his hand down and gave up his spirit and died. This was exactly what happened on the cross. You know, the Lord was, he started with this example that I'm going to give you. He says, suppose, suppose you have a contractor that's working on your house, or you have a mechanic that's working on your car, and you, you, you give him all the things that he needs to fix. After a few hours, he comes back and says, my job is done. My job is finished. What does, it, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? As for me, it means that the repairs have been completed and he needs to get paid. We need to know that Jesus, he came, he had a task. God gave him a task. God the Father gave him a task. And the task, after the, after the task was completed, he said on the cross, it is finished. So it means that I've done what you asked me to do and it's completed. So for us to really understand this, we need to kind of go backwards. We need to go backwards to understand what, is, what we're talking about. What task are we talking about? You know, what task was God, did God give him to complete? So let's go back and from there we'll go forward. If you look at Genesis 3.23, Genesis 3.23 says, so, so the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the, the ground from which he had, he had been made. He said, God, Adam and God had a beautiful relationship. God brought Adam into the Garden of Eden, which the Lord also told me, he said, the Garden of Eden is like paradise. Paradise. 
And what was it, paradise? Paradise was basically God provided everything. God was his shepherd. God provided everything. It also reminds me of the time that my wife kind of went, we went to went cruising. And you know, during the, you know, in the cruise line, if you've ever gone cruising, cruising, they, they give you everything. Everything is everything is, is you pay for it up front, but everything is provided for your entertainment, for your enjoyment. You know, but you know, this thing about ignorance is a disease, you know, but the good thing is knowledge is power. So what happened was the first day we went cruising, the first night I went to bed hungry because, you know, I didn't know that you can eat everything on the plate, everything on the menu. I had no clue. So, you know, I, I went home, I went to bed hungry that, that night. And also I think, I believe I was shy and I couldn't, I didn't want to ask, you know, I didn't want to ask, could I eat additional things? I didn't want to look like I was a greedy person. And so the next day I told the, the waiter, I said, look, I'm, I'm, I was very hungry. Could I eat a little bit more? The guy says, oh, you could eat everything. You see, the, the, the key is that I was ignorant. My prayer today is that after this teaching, we'll be able to enjoy everything Jesus had provided or has provided for us. That's my prayer, that we'll be able to enjoy all God has provided through Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. It says, then the devil showed up and deceived, I'm going back to the same Genesis 3, the devil showed up and deceived Eve, you know, deceived Adam and Eve. And the deception, what happened? With that deception, after the deception, Adam and Eve sinned, they disobeyed God, sin now did what? Entered the world. Sin entered the world, and as sin entered the world, that sin resulted in their banishment from the garden of Eden. You know, Romans 3.23 says, everyone has sinned and we have fallen short of God's glorious standard. So the, the, because of this disobedience, sin came into the world. And because sin came into the world, you will see that when you read that from that Genesis, what happened after sin came into the world? Cain and Abel, there was, they, they had the first murder occurrence. The first murder occurrence came through after sin entered the world. So Cain killed what? Abel. Sin ushered what? Sickness. Sin ushered all sorts of what? Sickness. So, so let's, don't, let's don't say, don't, let's don't ever say God brought sickness. Oh, I'm sick because God is trying to. I, I hear this such, for me, such a ridiculous confession that God is, a, is an author of sickness. Oh, God brought sickness so that he can teach me a lesson. I say, oh, really? Really? So I should pray to God now so that God can give you a lot of cancer so he can teach you. What kind of lesson is he teaching you? He's not teaching you any lesson. Point is that sin, because the reason why we don't, we're saying such things is that we're like me in the cruise line. Ignorance. We don't read our Bibles. We don't understand. Look at what Psalm 38 3 says, New Living Translation. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick. My health is broken because of what? My sins. 
Sin was separated us from God. Sin, this same sin we're talking about, we look at our heart. Let's look at Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9, King James Version. He said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately what? Wicked. Who can know it? Even you don't know how your, you know, when you are unbelieving, you don't know how your heart was. That's why you see a, a child, a, a, a child will wake up. Nobody taught a child how to lie. Do, do, do. Ah, I didn't do it though. No, in Nigeria, they'll say, I swear, I swear, I never did it. The heart is desperately what? Wicked. And that's what happened from, as a result of what? Sin. Because of sin, evil was what? Ushered what? In. Let's look at Jeremiah and James 3, 16. This thing about sin. <laughs> James 3, 16. For where, wherever there is what? Jealousy and selfish ambition. Sin. Sin. There is what? There you find disorder and every and evil of every kind. Let me read that again. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil of every kind. So you can also say wherever they see evil of every kind exists. That's why if you, if you remember in, in, um, in Galatians 5, you don't have to open, but I'm just reminding you, in Galatians 5, it says the desires of the sinful nature does what? It produces what? Ludness, jealousy, all sorts of things come from that. And let's look at let's look at this. Let's look at uh, uh, Ezekiel eighteen twenty. He okay. said, "The soul who sins shall die. The sons the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteous of the righteous." The righteousness of the righteous shall not shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. Look at where I'm where, what exactly where I'm going. He said, the soul who sins shall die. So this means that every believer, including us before, was heading to a death row. That's why that song that we just all the songs we just sang today was really like, like God was confirming to me, this message I gave you is correct. I never told my wife. My wife, when I asked, she would ask me, so what, are, what are you teaching today? No, because we're having a conversation. I said, yeah, you know, I was trying to explain, but somehow I don't know, we got lost in the conversation. All believe, unbelievers, and that's why it's important to Tell people about Jesus because everyone is headed for what? Death row. 
death. And there was no way out. No way out. But God, but God in his infinite mercy, God in his love, devised an ultimate plan. A plan that was almost, was just perfect. He defined it, he designed a plan. And the plan was Jesus was going to come and do what? Take the sin of mankind. And when, when he, it means that as he took the sin of mankind, you will see this was the ultimate plan. The scripture already, already said that. Look at what Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 53 6 says. This is like to fulfill what the scripture says, Jesus was going to take what? The sin of mankind. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Isn't it what happened? When they got banished from what? From Garden of Eden, they said to do what? People started to fend for themselves. They said to do their own things. They, said they, they want to go to Paris. They just say, oh, you know what? I haven't been to Paris. I haven't seen, you know, I haven't, I haven't gone anywhere today. I, I think I'm going to just jump in the car and I'm going to drive to North Carolina. The, that's what we used to do before we knew who God was, before we knew who the Holy Spirit was. Whereby we go to the Holy Spirit and say, should I? Is this a good idea? You see, but look at what I'm going, please. Could, could you put it back again? Isaiah 53, 6. It says, yet, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. This is what the Lord did. The Lord God laid the sins of all of us on who? On Jesus. The soul that sins will die. What does this mean? Look at, like, like I said, all of us were heavy, but let, let, let's look at what it means. It means that Kirk, if I'll give you an example, this, this example the Lord was just giving me. He says, suppose Mike Kirkland, I don't know who Mike Kirkland is, just a fictitious name, was in prison and scheduled to die on a particular day. Then Peter Valentine came and volunteered to take Mike Kirkland's place. So this means that Peter Valentine will die instead of what? Mike Kirkland. So it means that Mike Kirkland will be free to what? Roam around the streets. And somebody else will take his place. The soul that sins will die means that my Kirkland was heading to for death. But Jesus did what God says. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, it's not going to happen. Instead of you heading for the grave, that's why the, the last song says, I was heading for the grave, but he called my name and I ran out of the grave. That's what the song we just listened to. Jesus took our place. We're scheduled to die. Jesus came and what says, no, I'm going to take your place. 
I'm going to take your place because he said the soul that sins will die. Jesus now took all our sins. Think about it. If he took all our sins, do we have a sin? No. He took all our sins on his what? On his body. Let's look at what he, look at what he says. In Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 4. New Living Translation. He says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows he weighed on weighed on him, that weighed him down. He says, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for our own sins. So Jesus took our punishment. He was beaten. He was whipped because of what? You and I. You and I. He also took what? Our diseases. So it was God's plan to what? To lay the sin and everything that resulted from sin. Everything. So sin, like I just said before, sin resulted to what? Evil, sickness. He took everything and the result of it and laid it on who? On Jesus. So question. So Jesus took your sins. Question to you. Do you have sins? <laughs> Do you have a sin? Do you have sins? The key is here. The answer is no. You are sinless because Jesus has it. Jesus had it. I won't say has it. Had it because he's alive. He had it on the cross. So why are we always praying God, we are sinners. You know, forgive our sins. I'm, I'm a sinner. I think we're trying to look so religious. You know, I, I'm a sinner. God really Never Forget. If we start acting so, it means we're telling people that God lied. That God is a liar. We're telling people that he's a liar. He's, what he said in his word is a lie. But God, he says, I do not lie. God is not a liar. Let's go back to John, John, John 19, 20 and 30. 28 and 30. John 19, 28 and 30. It says, Jesus knew that everything was now finished. Everything happened as the holy writings said it would. He said, I am thirsty. Jesus took the sour wine and said it is finished. He put his he put his head down and gave up his what? His spirit and died. Jesus finished the race by dying for us. So it means that Jesus what? He paid the debt of what? Of sin for all of us. Maybe I should say, let me, let me say this way. I, you know, I, I knew somebody that, you know, he, he had a company and he was owing this company, this other company that he was doing business with, $120,000, so $120,000. This guy, he didn't know how he was going to come about paying for it. He had no clue. 
Then one morning, the other company owed money, called him and says, your debt is paid. My friend was excited. The stress is over. If the debt is paid, does this man still owe 120,000? The question, the answer is no. He owes zero. He owes nothing. When you have a credit, I've been, I've been, the Lord has been really staying in me. And I've, you know, we, we have Bible study in, in at work. And I've been I've been talking to people and because God has been really staying in my heart, and says we, we should owe nobody anything but what? But love. But love. That's all we need to owe people. Love. So I've been God has been staying in my heart, like you know, dead weighs you down. But that's a different story. It's something that God, by the grace of God, I would, I would. He's going to allow me to talk about. But look at what I'm trying to get at. The, pay, the debt was paid. Jesus paid the debt for us all. And the debt was the debt of sin. Past, present, future. And like I said, the debt, the sin, as a result of sin, Sickness, diseases, as a result of sin, evil, he paid that one price that resulted in all these things. Past, present, and future. So it means to me that God, Jesus also paid the price for sickness, past, present, future. So no matter what sickness the devil wants to throw at us. You know, I, I remember when I was growing up, there's, a, there's some, something that we always say at, at home, uh, cerebral spinal meningitis, you know. No matter how big, wide, dangerous the name sounds, Jesus did what? He paid that price. Hallelujah. He paid the price. The debt of that sin, of that sickness has been paid. Let me tell you something. If you, I, I know I'm still stressing on this, but I, I want it to sink in. If you have a credit card of $200 and you call the credit card company and say, I'm going to send you a check of $200 and you send the $200 check, would they come and come back and say, you still owe us $200? Won't you call them and get angry at them and say, are you kidding me? I paid this $200. The I, I will send you a screenshot of my, of my account that the money went to you. It went to you. I'll go back again. Jesus paid the debt our sins, past, present, future. So this means that we, our sins are no more. We don't have any sins. The sin that separated us from the presence of God. Now, because we are sinless, we are back into the God's 
presence again. That's the same privilege that Adam had in the garden, whereby he had a relationship with God. Glory. He had a relationship with God. We have that same relationship. If you now say you have sins, then it means you're out of the presence of God. Jesus took our sicknesses, past, present, and future. So if he took it, how why are we taking it again? You know, you might ask, so but why are we sick? It's a very good question. The devil comes with symptoms. He comes with all kinds of deception. That's his trick. That's what he did with Adam and Eve. He says, did God say? Meanwhile, everything God already told them. He told them, but because the aspect of the, the devil comes with all forms of trickery. Trickery. That's why it comes with, it comes with a lot of trickery. You have sickness. You, you think you have sickness. You have symptoms. It's not sickness. Symptoms. And what happens? The devil comes and, and tricks us. He's the father of lies. Don't forget. Don't forget. He comes and says opposite of what God says. And if you're not sure of the word, if you're not sure that Jesus took our sin, which includes sickness, you would, and you're using your physical eyes because that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to stare at the, the, the disease, as he, as, he, as he calls it. He'll say it's a disease, but it's the symptom. He wants you to stare at it. And say, then you start to overflow with all kinds of stuff. And he starts to give you thoughts. Thoughts. That's why he says, casting down all imagination. You have to cast it down. He, he brings thoughts. You know, are you sure it's not this? I think it is. Oh, yes, it is. He brings thoughts. I'll give you this example real quick. There was, there was, there was a, 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 a pastor that was giving this example. He says his, his son had, was convulsed, convulsed, had convulsion. And he was convulsing, you know. And he was in his room. And the Lord said to him, go and pray for him. And pray for all this sickness has been laid on Jesus. Go and thank God for it. He went there, thank God for it, and left. He came downstairs. The boy was still, the action was still happening upstairs. He came downstairs. I was watching TV. The devil was telling him, Touch, giving him touch. Your wicked father. Hallelujah. He said, You're so wicked. You're going, your boy is going to die today. I'm going to kill him today. You need to go up there and pray for him even some more. Beg God. Beg him. Beg him for, 
for your for your healing. Beg him. What are you begging God for? He did it without your payment. He did. Say, beg him, beg him. He said, No, this is what the Lord said I should do. I'm gonna say, Peter, leave me alone. He says, after like an hour, the boy went to sleep. He says, it happened when the boy was eight years old. The boy is now 33. Never happened again. Completely done. He went in there and says, Jesus took that. Took that. He took it on the cross. He took it. So you don't have it in Jesus' name. Amen. He walked out. The devil wants you to look at the symptoms. And as soon as you agree with him, he releases the full-blown sickness. The best way to beat the devil at his own game is to tell him what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Tell him, remind him what Jesus did. Jesus took our sicknesses. He took our disease. He took our sins on his body. We have it no more. This was a perfect exchange. Look at what Isaiah, Isaiah 53, 5 says. Perfect exchange. He took our sicknesses and brought us what? Healing. Perfect exchange. Look at what he says in Isaiah 53, 53:5. He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be what? Whole. He was whipped so we could be what? Healed. There was an exchange that was going on there. He took our sins, which also included sickness, evil, all kinds of things, and did what? Brought us wholeness. Wholeness. Brought us healing. This is what Jesus did. All we have to do is to, do, to claim our healing. The devil comes with all kinds of symptoms. He wants you to latch onto one. What do you do? No, I claim my healing. Jesus took it on the cross. I'm whole. I'm healed. It's not the aspect of begging. Unlike the contractor who charges to fix your house, God did not charge us for what Jesus did. It was free. Free of charge. My people will say FOC, free of charge. This, this is why it's the good news. You didn't have to pay for anything. You don't have to pay for anything. God did this because of his love for each and every one of us. It's a free gift to all of humanity. Ephesians 2, 8, New Living Translation. And I, I, I know the Holy Spirit is working now. He's, 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 he's working in our heart. He's revealing himself to us. Glory. Ephesians 2 8, it says, God saved us, saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. This is a gift from God. 
saved you from what? Have you ever asked yourself? He said he saved, God saved me. Saved you from what? What did he save you from? He saved you from death. He saved you from going to hell. He saved you from darkness. He saved your life of a, as when you were an unbeliever. He saved you from being the child of the devil to the child of God. We, we are able to, he saved us so that we can call him father, not the other father. The devil, the father. Because when unbelievers, people, people always think, oh, they're unbelievers, they don't know who Christ is. So they cannot be a child of God. They were created in his image. But they fell short. So the only way they are children of God, the Bible says, is when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then you will become a child of God. John 1, 12. He saved us and transformed us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, kingdom of light. So when Jesus said it is finished, he's saying that I accomplish everything. Everything is done, is completed. My task is fully, fully fully paid, fully done. And it's a gift to you. Let me ask you a question. I don't know, in, I don't know any other country, but when somebody gives me a gift, <laughs> I, I never went to Macy's with the person. I was not in the person's heart to say, this is the gift I'm going to give you. And most importantly, I never told the person to give me a gift. So a gift is something that somebody thought of, wrapped it up, says, I want to give this thing as a gift. I want to give you as a gift. Now the question now becomes, is, are you going to receive the gift? That's the, that's the ultimate question. That's the ultimate question. I remember one time when somebody, some, somebody came and you know he says, hey, 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 Pastor, I, I have a gift for you. And I said, oh, wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the gift. Thank you. I opened the, the gift. I said, wow, it's a nice shoe. Wow. I said, how did you guess my, my size? You know, so we we're talking. Now, let me, let me say this. The gift he gave me, I still wear it to me. I still wear it. Anytime I have, he gave me a, like a brown shoe, brown light, like a light brown shoe. When I wear my African attire, I wear the brown shoe. Why? Let me tell you why. Because I received the gift. I received the gift. Our job is to receive the gift of what Jesus did. Receive that gift. You receive the gift by what? By faith. By faith. 
Say, so we receive that gift by faith. So I say, God, this is what you did for me. Receive by faith. Let us not be like Timothy. In second, in, in John 20, 50, 25. John 20, 25. No living translation. He says, they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, ah, no, no. I don't know about this one, though. I have to see that nail wounds in his hands. I need to touch his words. I need to put my finger inside. I want to place my hand on his wounds on his side. He says, he replied, I wouldn't believe it unless I see. This is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to see. He wants you to see. He wants you to see it first. Let me, I want to see to believe. I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether I can believe this aspect of seeing by uh, uh, faith. You know, I, I don't know about this. I, I need to see that Jesus really did this. I, I really need to see it. I, I want to put my I want to put my my hands, my fingers in the boat. You know, if I don't see it, I, I don't know. That's what he was saying. Timothy wanted to see before he believed, but faith believes before seeing. Let us not fall into the trap of the devil. Let me ask you a question. You, you take your clothes that are dirty. You know, I, I, I took, I took, <laughs> it's amazing, the lowest. I took, you know, some clothes that were dirty. It was dirty with all kinds of things. And I put it in the wash. Put soap, put all the whatever inside. He finished washing. I put it in the dryer. He finished drying. And I brought it out. I was like, wow, the dead is gone. Let me ask you a question. Who amongst us goes into the washing machine and says, I want to look for that dirt. <laughs> I want to look for that dirt. I want to see whether that dirt is still there. Is in the washing machine. Jesus did something that was spiritual. It's not something you, 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 you accept it by faith. This is what Jesus did. So be it. It's wonderful. This is what it is. And I believe it. And I, and I, and I activate it. I know it's going to work for me. You know, this, this caption I saw on Facebook yesterday. A friend of mine put, put it on Facebook. He says, the devil was happy that Jesus took the sins and the sickness. But he didn't know that Jesus was going to rise again. Jesus is risen. He had no clue that he was going to rise again. But the beautiful thing about the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ is that Jesus rose again. Let's look at Colossians 2, 13 to 15. And when he rose, he rose new. Look at, it says you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature. Was, was not yet cut off, cut away. He says, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. Look at what he just says, he forgave. The Bible says, I remember it no more. You know who remembers it for us? Please leave it there. You know who remembers it? Us, the devil, our friends. God doesn't remember it. That's why you see some of my, my old friends who say, I, man, if God, if God can allow to come into the kingdom. God will allow anybody. 
because they are remembering what I did. I didn't do anything crazy, but they are remembering what I did. God does not remember it. That's the good news. He does not. Because if he remembers it, he won't make me a pastor for sure. <laughs> for sure. He will never make me a pastor. But he does not. He does not remember your sins. I want you to understand that. Look at what, look at what he says. Then God, oh yeah, he says, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He can't show the record of the charges against us. Look at what he says. All the record, everything, any record the enemy puts out, he counts, he, 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 he took the charges and what? Nailed it on the cross. You know what? The, the devil didn't know. Look at what then the devil, what happened? He says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly. He shamed them in the grave. <laughs> he shamed them. He said, man, I'm going to shame you guys. You, you don't have anything against my, my people anymore. This guy is free. He has no record any longer. Michael Crockland, Michael Crockland has no record any longer. If you pull him up in the court system, he has no record any longer. He, he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. On the cross. So Jesus defeated the devil in the grave. He defeated the devil by going on the cross. Jesus ran the race for us and gave us victory. We have the victory. We have the, the a, you know, my pastor, our senior pastor, he says, a Christian never loses. A Christian is always victorious. We have the crown that says we came first. We didn't come second or third. We came first. So we need to enjoy all that Jesus provided. You need to go and wear that shoe. <laughs> and when I wear the shoe, I look at the shoe and I know exactly who bought it for me. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Because I love it. I love it. Let's look at the final scripture. First Timothy 6, 17. Living Bible. It says, tell those who are rich not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which will soon be gone. You know, there's a place in, just hold it, there's a place in, in Ecclesiastes. It says the money that is ill-gotten money. It says it flies, off, it flies away like a, like a, like a bird. He says, it, the money is what? Perishable. <laughs> but their pride and trust should be where? in God. If you look at Matthew 6, he says, do not store. Do 
not put your all your storage with in things, these physical things that will what will die, will decay. Put your trust in who? In God. Put your trust in God. Look at what he then says. This is the most exciting part of it. I'm telling you, this is the, uh, just hold your seat, believe it. Hold yourself so you don't jump. He says, he says, but their pride and trust should be in the living God who always richly gives us all things. I'm reading so silent. Who gives us all things. What? Let me read it again. I'm so excited. I don't know how I'll read it again. He says, but their pride and trust should be in the living God who always, always richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. It is him. It becomes our provider. It becomes like Adam in the garden of Eden in paradise. God is my shepherd. Hallelujah. And I shall not want. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is my shepherd. I have everything I need. But the key is that he gives it to us for our enjoyment. That's the key. If you're sick, you cannot enjoy the things of God. So that's why Jesus took away those. He took away the sin, took away, took it all away so that you cannot enjoy his inheritance. Enjoy to recall the child of God. Enjoy it. Go to the cruise and, and eat everything. The man told me, the, 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 the waiter told me, he laughed because he said, you, you went to sleep hungry? Are you kidding me? Do you know if you go back there, there's there's buffet, you can eat everything. See, if you come to this diner, this, uh, not diner, the, the dinner place, he says, says Chuka. I said, what can I, what can I, what's your name? I said, Chuka. He says, Chuka. Let me tell you something. You see everything on this menu, you can eat it all. <laughs> you can eat it all. I say, really? Even this lamb chops? He say, yes, you can eat the lamb chops. The steak, he said, yes, you can eat the steak. Oh, really? And I went to bed hungry? <laughs> you know, that's what happens to us. Because we don't understand the inheritance that God has given us. And that's why I thank you, Pastor Ayo, that you've been teaching us this inheritance. So that we can be able to take those things and enjoy it. It is because of Jesus we're able to enjoy all that he provided for us. Let me tell you what Easter is. Easter is a remember, is a reminder. Easter is a reminder of what Jesus did for us. And we're able to enjoy it by faith. So each time we remember, we, we celebrate Easter. We celebrate what Jesus did on us. We celebrate the things he's given us that cannot perish. We celebrate the new nature he's given us. Our heart is no longer deceitfully wicked. We have, we have the nature of Christ in us. We have love. 
we operate in love. We can come into the kingdom. We can look at that God. We can call upon our Father at any time. We walk with the Holy Spirit. Where do you want to go? I'm thinking about going to Paris. I don't think it's a good idea. Don't relax. Don't go anywhere. Don't go. My wife was telling me about some people that went to Mexico during this COVID. And they went to Mexico and the man had COVID. Question is, I'm not saying that, you know, God gave the man COVID. What I'm saying is, it is God that does directs our steps. The Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit in us that what directs our steps. These are the benefits. Let me also say this. When Adam got banished from the garden, he was fending for himself. God, now that we're in Christ, God says, I will take care of you. Promotion comes from the Lord. I told my, my sister, I said, you know, so have you seen people, they walk, 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 seven o'clock, eight o'clock, they will be, be walking, and keep walking till 10 o'clock. And the person that he comes in maybe 10 o'clock and leaves at five, or he comes in at nine and leaves at five, he's the one that's getting promoted. And you'll be wondering, but this life is unfair. But yes, yes, the life is unfair, but when we put our trust in God, I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard, but the key is that put your trust in God. Put your trust, your pride, everything in God. Say, God, I'm depending on you. It is he that will speak, say the heart of the king is in his hands. He will speak on your behalf. <laughs> when the time comes, he will speak on your behalf and say, this guy needs promotion. And they don't have any choice. They'll come and say, hey, this, this is the normal line. You know, I don't know why I'm doing this, but something's telling me to promote you. <laughs> then you know it is God that is propelling them. Look, we're in good hands. That's the point. We're in good hands with God. Rely on God today. That's all we're supposed to do. Trust in him. Trust in him. He never fails. Stop trusting in the arm of flesh. The arm of flesh will fail you. That's what the Bible says. But trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we just give you praise. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus, for what Jesus did on the cross. It's an amazing thing. Lord, you know, you are the one that changed this. He said, this is what I want you to teach. You are God. You just wanted to remind us once again what Jesus did. What Jesus did. So we can do what? Get it for ourselves. So we can accept it for ourselves. So that when the devil comes with all forms of sickness, we can tell him what Jesus did. We can remind him. And he doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear when you remind him what Jesus did. 
He wants us to, to accept what he's saying. But Lord, we have, we have the knowledge now. We have the understanding now that we can point him back to what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. He pointed him back to the word. Lord, we can point him back to the word. Lord, it's not a time to pray and beg. You have done it for us. It's a gift. We never begged for a gift. We didn't beg anybody to give us a gift. The person did it from the goodness of their heart and gave us a gift. Jesus, God, the Father, did it from the goodness of his heart. He didn't want his own creation. He made us in his own image. We're distant from him. And he devised an ultimate plan. Ultimate plan of redemption to bring us back. And he laid the sacrifice, Jesus, and took our sins, took our diseases, took our evil, took that tendency to commit evil, took it, nailed it on the cross, and says, you're free. He says, who the son has set free is free indeed. So, Lord, we are free. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're free. Indeed. Thank you, Lord, for the freedom that you've given us. So, Lord, we walk as free men and women. We walk in your freedom, taking all that you have given us working in all that you have given us. We know the enemy will try. We know he will try to, 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 to take. But Lord, we, we, we fix our eyes on you. We put, a, we put our feet down and say, this is what Jesus did. You're not taking it from us. Father, Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you, Lord, for anyone that is. We pray for anyone. You know what? Why don't you pray for yourself? Why don't you pray for yourself? Whoever that is, that is, that is sick, receive the power of God now. Receive the power. Take it. It's yours. You're free. Pray, take just say, God, I receive my healing now. Don't beg him. It's not something to beg. Receive your healing now. Receive your victory now. Lord, we just give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We receive it, Lord. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name.